0: like elbowing and pushing <laughs> or something and i'm like trying to start step from me and i'm like finally i turn around and i go bro what the fuck's your problem mm. i'm like you want a fucking bodybuilder fight flex you your straight out the lair
1: my next guest is known for his intense training style blue collar work ethic family man and he is the epitome of never giving up a man who has seen the highest of highs in bodybuilding, a two-time Arnold Classic winner, and the runner-up at the prestigious Mr. Olympia. This athlete has cemented his name in the history books as being one of the most hardcore bodybuilders ever to do it. Here's a podcast with Branch Warren. Branch Warren.
0: What's up, Flex? We are live, my friend. And Thank you for having me.
1: <sighs> Fucking honor, bro. We've, we've got a, a lot of... Uh great stories we're going to talk about, I'm sure. And I also a lot of things that I don't even know what's been going on in the world of branch. And I thought, you know, um, there's been conversations about, you know, when you come to Vegas next, let's get on the sofa, let's talk yep. about everything. And uh, and we've gone back and forth. I was like, you know what? Too much. Let's let's link up. Limpy weekend. You're coming in. You're going to do an activation year with GASP. Yep. Um, and this probably, this will... Go out after the Olympia, so just so you know. Um, but the whole grass gasp team is coming in. I was like, Branch, let's do a fucking podcast, man. Let, let's, let's catch up whilst talking shop and talking all of the above. Because for me and you, man, there's uh, there's always so much that we do in the day to day, and we never have a chance to really sit down like this, right? Oh, no, never. And uh, I was trying to think when I met you, it's been it's getting close to 20 years ago. Oh, bro! I had a conversation with you. I was like, I like I told you, you, you was burning two days in a row. We were talking about you, by the way. All good.
0: <laughs> and uh, somebody
1: asked me the same thing. It's like, how long have you known Branch Fun? I was like, when was it that that you and I met for the first time? Was it California when we were guest pausing together? Was it? I think it was Dallas. Was it Dallas Europa? When I competed with with my oh, and my
0: boy was powerlifting. You weren't even you, you, your boy's powerlifting. You yes. weren't even pro yet. You hadn't even turned pro yet.
1: Holy shit! I don't bro. think
0: you'd even sound with gaspar yet. No i hadn't. Yeah, yeah, hadn't So that was fucking you, early on. You beat
1: me on the memory banks That's there, man. So. Jesus, you're holding more muscle. Your so, memory's fucking bad. So I gotta older, step up older, my older shit. But still sharp, baby. <laughs> 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 huh. yeah, because uh, one of my boys, crazy fucker Chris Jenkins, was was powerlifting. Johnny was competing in the same show, Ooh. and Chris, you know, has this very unique look because he, he's I call him a spice
0: boy. Doesn't look like he can pull what he pulls. Oh, he's just stupid strong. Stupid. and moment, uh, I call him a sleeper, man. I yeah. Mean, I've seen guys like that in the gym. And he's like, you're thinking there's no way they can do that. No. They pick it up and you're like, how the hell do you just do that?
1: I know. Natural athlete. Natural <laughs> athlete. Put a, pull the mic in a little bit, uh, Branch. There we go. Is that good? That's good. There we go. Um, we were talking earlier. And again, uh, I, I want to try to start somewhere because you and I can start. In, that, that's the great thing about you and I talking. We could, we could start anywhere, but... There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's we can a whole bunch of Can't put on the podcast. Yeah, so. but yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, yes, yes. And the the wife is going to be asking, "What are you talking about?" It's like, there's nothing. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to get in shit for saying this. No, no. Um, but but all jokes aside, we were just talking about um, you know life after bodybuilding, right? And I'm like, Jesus, Branch, can you can you just lose? A little bit of weight since you know retired i know i've seen you at your biggest too but you're still fucking huge man man
0: i've lost 40 pounds probably where 40 some odd pounds. <laughs> yeah, So trust me so matter of fact for coming to vegas here yeah. i went to try on a suit i hadn't worn it in a minute it was a suit i had when i was still competing i tried it on it looked like a like a kid you know when you're a kid and you're trying your dad's clothes no i'm like when you compete competing too yeah, well, because it was a that was that suit that yeah. I, I had made when I was competing, and so I, I was going to wear it here in Vegas, you know, for the show on Saturday night. And I'm like, well, this, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a freaking little kid put on his dad's suit. <laughs> you know, that's messed <laughs> up. So, but um, uh, well, <laughs> now you know when I re- I knew when I retired, uh, I want to lose some weight. And yeah. I think before we started the podcast, I was talking about it. And yeah, you know, um, my goal was I was like you know two sixty five, two seventy off season. Mm-hmm. I want to get down to like two twenty five and uh just be. You know, I, like I told, told Trish, I was like, I'm in shape for bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. i want to be in shape for life. Yeah. You know, and there's a big difference. You know, and like I tell guys, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you can be 100 pounds. You can be super heavy, mm-hmm. train, do all that stuff. You get in your 40s, it'll start catching up to you. You get in your 50s, mm-hmm. it'll definitely catch up to you. And, um, you know, I had my fun. I yeah. lived 15 years. I got to live my dream. I had a blast doing it. And then um, when it was over, I was like, i want going to lose weight. Well, Johnny, I was still training with Johnny. He was still competing. So that first year I was retired, mm-hmm. nothing really changed, to be honest with you. because I'm still training with him. And if I wasn't eating and doing everything I needed to do recover, yeah. I wasn't going to be able to keep up. you know. So, and I'm, so I want to push him on him to do good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first year I didn't really lose any weight. I stayed about the same. After that, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to focus on this. So instead of eating like six, seven meals a day, I'd cut a meal out. I'd lose some weight, then my weight would kind of plateau. So I'd cut another meal out. Mm-hmm. I got down to about four meals and uh, like a protein shake my weight started coming down and it, it leveled out about i'll bounce between 225
1: and 230 what are
0: you right now probably about 230 i think you're full of shit so I don't
1: know. after this podcast i'm gonna have you on the fucking scale all right you are two. you're 230 right now jesus christ bro i, I, I don't think you're 230 but i i'd like to be blown away
0: but uh um, you think i'm heavier fuck yes there's no, fucking way. There's no way i uh, yeah i uh, i feel good i started running yeah. So, I got for like three days a week. I was running two miles a day. Yeah. And uh, people are like, How do you run? I'm like, just put one foot in front of the other and <laughs> So, uh,
1: your knees okay? Yeah,
0: my knees are great. So, Fuckin my hell. joints, you know, somehow are great. Yeah. But the only problem I had, I had a tendon. You know, I had several injuries, you know, that were all tendon related. Yeah. You no, know, but as far as joints, knock on wood, mm-hmm. I feel good. You touched on the injuries.
1: And this was one of the podcasts we spoke about yesterday. I think it was, uh, I think it was. It was Jose, we spoke about you on, and then it was somebody else. But in my head, man, you are like the the epitome of of comeback uh, and the mindset that, that, has, that has gone on to that. You know, you've had career-threatening injuries over the years. I mean, let's be honest, fucking career-threatening. A lot of people wouldn't even think of even coming back. They do the rehab, maybe, and that in itself is hard. And then you have not only... So, sorry, you have not only been uh, at a point where you've had to assess what happened, because I remember speaking to you after some of these things, go through the rehab and also then put yourself back into the mentality of, I'm going to fucking win. Let me fucking show the world. And you fucking come back and you win. You don't even win. You win the Arnold Classic and you also then they go on
0: to do second place at the Olympia, right? You know, it's um, crazy. Life ain't fair, man. I learned that really, very early on as a kid. Um, shit happens. And so when shit happens, you can cry about it, you can complain about it. What good's that going to do? You either overcome it or you don't, right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, you live the same dream I, live, I, I lived. And um, from a little boy, you dream of being to do what we did, basically. And um, so when something like that happens, are you going to let that stop your dream and your whole, everything you train for? At that point, your entire life. And, um, I wasn't going to let anything, you know, the, the hardest one I came back from was my quad injury. You know, I tore the quad completely off the bone. I'm sure everybody's heard that story. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there and, um, uh, come home. I, I tear it on a Saturday. I'm out of town and I'm 30 days from Olympia and, um, <clears throat> have surgery on Monday morning, get reattached. And, uh, it's Wednesday, you know, t- two days post-surgery. I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm reading all the forums and stuff and everybody's like seeing my, basically writing my obituary. I'm done. Yeah, you're done. Right. And, um. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just gonna start getting mad. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, my exact thoughts were, who the fuck is gonna tell me? What man has the right to tell another man he's done? I'm like, ain't nobody gonna tell me I'm done. And I sit there and, you know, me being me, I just got mad. I got madder and madder. And um, I sat there and I said, you know what? I ain't gonna say a word. I'm just gonna do it. And um, I told Trish, I said, I'm doing the Arnold. She goes, in like six and a half months, I go, yeah. And um, she goes, you better start eating. (laughs) <laughs> no so, way so she went to the kitchen yeah. cooked me a big plate of chicken and rice and put it in my lap he goes that's meal number one wow we got five more to go <laughs> and I was like I started eating and um, I remember I sitting there my bulldog's laying on the couch with me and uh, he's looking at me and I'm like don't touch my food <laughs> so, uh, <and> yeah. <clears throat> so you know that's, I started to prep for that Arnold Classic two days post-surgery and a couple days later I think two days later I went into the gym Metroflex and I walk in and Johnny goes yo what are you doing I go fucking training for the Arnold he just looked at me and shook his head. He goes, "Fuck it." And, you um, had a um, had a cast on, but you had like um, one of them things on, right? Yeah, I had like a cast a, on, a brace thing on. You know, your leg, yeah, yeah, your leg is immobilized. Yeah, and um, I mean, I was training chest that day, and um, and I, I remember I had a great workout. I had 180 pound dumbbells, incline 405 reps, and um, you know, with my leg, I just had to prop my leg up. And yeah, how the fuck and, do um, you stabilize yourself with 180s with one leg, Branch? Let's fucking do it, bro. And, um, Give him- I mean, it's amazing. I think <clears throat> I went through this whole process. Physically, it's the hardest thing I went through because you have to learn how to walk again. First of all, you got to learn how to like, bend. You get your range of motion back and bend your leg again, and uh, it's really painful. And then uh, you got to learn how to walk again. And the first day post rehab that I started training, I did one plate, a forty-five pound plate on one side of the leg press. I could barely get ten reps. My whole leg was just quivering, yeah. and I got so mad. I'm like, and so I did another set, did another set, did another set, and. Um, I got Brian Dobson. You know, I told him, I said, I need your help on this one, dude. Uh, he said, all right. He told me how we're going to do it. And that's the only time in the 30 years I've known the man, I disagreed with him. The next day we came back and we had the whole discussion again. And I finally said, all right, it's in your hands. And, uh, best decision I ever made. Jeez. And uh, so he, uh, he made me, he took me through the workouts every day. And uh, we did it. I did exactly what he said. And, you know, he, uh, if anybody's ever trained with Brian, his leg workouts are the most brutal you can ever imagine. And a guy by the name of Tom Platt taught him how to train legs. And um, so I did it. And um, you don't realize what you're really capable of until you go through something like that. And if you have the mental toughness, it's amazing what your body will do. And, um, and it's just being, I call it just being motivated. You know, I was, I was set my sights on that show, and I'm like, I'm going to do the show. And no matter what, I'm going to make it happen. And it wasn't until I was about 30 days out that I was like, I looked in the mirror when I got done training. I posed, and I looked at myself, and I was like, I can win this thing. And uh, I knew I was going to be able to compete. I just didn't know if I was going to be able to <laughs> compete successfully. Yeah. And um, 30 days out, I, looked at, I was at the gym there. I posed. And uh, Brian looked at me. And I go, he just shook his head. I was like, I'm going to get this. You. And um, I went there and I did it. And uh, I won. And, um, you know, sometimes in life, it, when something like that happens, you think it's the worst possible thing that can happen to you. But then looking back on it, it's a total blessing. Yeah. Because um, after getting through that, I realized there wasn't much going to come my way I couldn't overcome. I had enough confidence in it in myself, in my determination, yeah. my ability to, anything that came my way, I felt like I could overcome. And so looking back on it, it was a blessing.
1: I don't think
0: that the the
1: sport of even the fitness industry give you enough flowers and credit for that, man. Because that is, <clears throat> six months is kind of a rehab, right? Yeah. To even get back on your feet fucking in the gym would be, Doctor told me an a year. incredible. He said a year before
0: you could even think about really training. Yeah, he
1: told you a year, yeah, but he would tell everybody I was fucking a year and a half. <laughs> so, And then six months later, you're, you're back on stage. I was there. So that's why it was like, it, it was very, um, if, I just say, from an athlete standpoint, who has a mentality to, to win, it's very motivational for me to see that. Even though I, as a friend who I knew you went through what you went through, I think we spoke the day it happened, you text me. Yeah, I was, in, I was, I was like, in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God. I was going to drive to you, remember? Yeah. I was in Tennessee. you living in Tennessee. And yeah. I was like, do you want me to drive to you? And then you didn't answer me back. And I was like, hey, I'm driving to you. And then you mess me back. and say, oh, don't don't leave. I'm already uh, on the way to
0: Texas. Yeah. I got surgery in two days or yeah. something you said to me. Yeah. I, called I, my, like, I, looked, yeah. I knew my surgeon. Yeah. And um, so I tested him out. I, I said, hey. Uh, and I called him, actually. And um, he answered the phone. He said, what would you do? Yeah, no, like, right like, Wow. And I told him he could, He said, "I'll meet you in the office on Sunday when you get in." And um, so he met me, and we got an MRI at like five o'clock in the morning on Monday. And by ten a.m., I was under the knife. Because so, <sighs> my thing was like, I wanted it, the sooner I got it fixed, the sooner yeah. I can recover. Yeah. And um, you know, you work your you work your ass off to get to the top of our sport, like you do any sport. And um, I just got you know second at the Olympia, uh, just won the All Classic, mm-hmm. and this happens. I'm just like, <clears throat> not stopping, bro. I'm gonna yeah. figure out. I, I told myself I don't give a fuck what I have to do. I don't give a fuck how bad it hurts. I'm going to overcome this. I'm like this will not beat me, and I'm not going to let anything or anyone tell me I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I'm done, I'm going to be the one that said I'm done. Mm-hmm. When when do you know? When do you know you were done? Uh, my last show, 2016, Arnold. Um, you know, the year before I done had a real good year and um, I won a show, did real well to Arnold and the Olympia, and then. Um, I'm getting ready for that show. And I just turned 41 like that week of the show. And it was just different. Everything I was training, my body wouldn't respond mm-hmm. and it, it, everything was just different. And, um, I talked to Ronnie and he told me, you don't know, when to say when, Yeah. and, um, and it happens to everybody. Yeah. And, um, I just, I'm getting ready for the whole show and I'm like, it just wasn't happening. And, you know, I, I think I got fifth in that show mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you first, know, first place. And I always did good there on either one for yeah. first, second you know, third or something like that. And, um, <laughs> I just, I knew, you know, a couple of the young guys got past me, and uh, I always told myself when the young guys started beating me, you know, you got no one to say when, and um, I went back to the hotel room after the show, and I told Trish, I said, I'm done, she goes, getting ready, for and getting ready for the show, I had no plans of that being my last show, and um, I I just knew, I got done, and went to the room, and told her, and she goes, you sure? I said, 100%, and you know, they were really trying to get me to go to Olympia, they want to have this big. Retirement thing on the yeah. stage and all that. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't need that. So, you know, um, one, you not one to have to be overly celebrated anyway, you I. Nah, at that not I, 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 I never do it for that, you know. Yeah. So, I think if you bodybuilding and you don't do bodybuild for yourself, you know, everybody's got their own rot- yeah. motivations. You know, I want to be champion. That's why, and I saw bodybuilding as a way to improve my life and improve my family's life. And I want to be the champ. And um, that's why I did it. I didn't do it to be famous or rich or you know, those other things. So, yeah. Know.
1: When when you and I met, um well I think what separated you from the park for me, obviously the fucking trainer, right? You crazy fucker. Um anybody who's grown up, you know, watching any type of older version videos of you, DVDs you and videos you were pumping out shit, bro. Because I came from Dorian and right? Yeah. So that was the uh the guy everybody trying to emulate in the gyms. So everybody wanted to be that most hardcore Training baggies and rags and then next thing, um, I don't know. You're you're a few years older than me, Um, but still, I remember getting the Metroflex videos. You know, I mean, whether it was by the Olympias, whether it was Ronnie's videos, then it was yours. And like, who the fuck is this guy? You got to remember now. Let let's go back in time, and then there was no internet, right? Yeah. Real, DVDs were relatively new. Internet was relatively new. I'm sorry, DVDs were coming in, and then. um your your first DVD came. What was the name of the DVD again? Train and scene. Train and seeing. I do not know that, bro. Fuck or Unchained. Unchained. first. Uncha- Uncha- with the chains, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. and then Train and scene. That's right. Uh-huh. And um Yeah, and then when you put that on and say, like, Hey, hey yeah, it. You know, you could have been in another room or you could walk into a gym and I was playing to this fucking day, then still play, by the way. You know, you can go anywhere around the world, they're still playing. And uh, there's you just going absolutely ballistic. And of course, I never had the chance to meet you at that point. I'm still in fucking UK. When I had the chance to meet you, um, one of the things that stood out for me was there's branches, um, I would say, such an interesting character because there's the guy in the gym that nobody can fucking touch. And then there's the guy that's outside of the gym that, for friends, you make yourself very... Available, right? And we done a guest posing in California. Do you remember this? I remember this. For Paco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we were hanging out. It the first time I was like, this is so fucking cool. Because it was just me and you. We spent the whole time together. And I was like fucking fanboy, you know, asking every type of question. Probably annoying as fuck. Um, but more, I remember us talking about the business side of things. You had just purchased some land. And I remember one thing you told me like then. You were saying this like flax you've got to put yourself into a position where bodybuilding pays for bodybuilding life pays for life and i remember you that's something you said to me then and it's again it still sticks out to me now um and i and i was like well what do you mean like you say well i've not checked i've not touched my muscle tech contract in a very long time and for somebody who's living literally paycheck to paycheck at that point in time i couldn't fathom them how that could work because you had all these other businesses, you had, um, uh, that was the pocket ship business, yeah, and had you logistics had company, you logistics. Had company. Logistics. Yep. And, um, uh, yeah, GM, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell us about that, man. So um, so I grew up, I'm going to give you a little backstory. Please. On this. So um, some of you probably, I've talked about this on a, maybe one other podcast, maybe or something, but uh, I grew up very poor. I grew up in West Texas, and I grew up on a cattle ranch. And um, so anyway, my father left this when I was 14 mm. years old or something, Well. My brother and sister were already out of the house. They were much, they were much older, and um, just me and my mom. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm a boy, you know, 14 years old, and uh, we lost the ranch. And there's no way we could keep it up. And it was a big place, you know, and, uh, about a thousand acres. So, and um, we lost it, and uh, we had nothing. Yeah. And, um, it was me and my mom in a car, and some luggage, clothes, and stuff like that. In the car. In the car. And um, so, and that was our home for a minute. And um, you know, she got a job, and uh, at like a Whataburger fast food place. I got a job at a car wash detailing cars and um uh, so you know we saved up a little money got a place got an apartment and just started working from there on and um you know i think when you grow up your childhood has a huge huge effect on the man or the woman that you become and you come from a bad situation you either become just like that or you say fuck that i'm not living like that and um you know i looked at it and uh, me and johnny had this conversation in depth mm. and because uh, he had had a, a a different but same type of story mm. and um I told myself, I said, I don't, I'm gonna. There's, I'm not gonna live like this. And my kids aren't gonna grow up the way I grew up, mm-hmm. and um, so. Um, and I finally, I saw bodybuilding. I was introduced to it about when we moved to, the Dallas, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. I never seen a bodybuilder, and I uh, met a guy. Turned out to be Ronnie Coleman's workout partner. And, <laughs> Put uh, a right guy to me Yeah. Meet. So, uh, and uh, <laughs> Ronnie was so amateur, and he yeah. took me to Metroflex and met Brian, and um, I couldn't afford a membership. You know, it was like 19 bucks a month, and. Um, he said, uh, I told him I was going to do this show. And So, um, he said, let me look at you. So, I posed. He said, I'll tell you what, kid. I told him. I said, I'll work, I'll work this off. And I said, I just want to train this summer here and do the show at the end of the summer. And I said, I'll take the trash out, clean the place up, whatever. And uh, he said, let me look at you. So, I posed. He said, I'll tell you what, kid. You train here all summer. Don't worry about paying. You win the show. You don't got to pay. If you lose, you're going to work it off. But that was 30-something years ago, and I still' <laughs> bought a membership. And... Um, Trained me with Ronnie that, that summer and this guy Mark, yeah, and um, you trained with Ronnie, yeah, well, I was a kid, yeah, a lot, and, um, wow. so I won that show. I think that right after that, Ronnie won the universe, got his pro card, mm-hmm. and Ronnie started his career. And um, you know, it's one of the things there was no internet back then. All we had was magazines, and so the information really wasn't available. Mm-hmm. And three so, months behind, yeah. And so, and as far as just basic stuff like nutrition and training and all this stuff, you really didn't know if you're doing it right or not. You thought you were yeah it's was like bro science, And so we're watching Ronnie, and Ronnie's just climbing up and doing better and better. And I'm like, well, I'm doing the same thing, so we must be doing something right. And um, just uh, and, I, and I won a bunch of shows as a kid. And um, I t- at 18 years old, I won the Teenage National Championship. And um, I told myself, I'm like, this is going to be my ticket. By then, Ronnie was on mm-hmm. his way. And um, I'm like, he did it. Why can't I do it? Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be my ticket out of this shit. And um, so um, I loved it. And I saw – I would have known then how hard it was to get in those top spots Mm -hmm. because those are the only guys that really do well. And um, I don't know if I – I think being naive when you're young is a blessing. I agree. Because if you really knew how hard it was and what what the the climb and journey was ahead of you, you might not do it. Yeah. But you don't know because I'm seeing – I see Ronnie, man. I know him. I've been training with him. Fuck, he's a fucking dude, mm-hmm. and I'm like, he did it. Fuck, I'm gonna do it too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you don't know. You're 18 year old kid. You're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna do that. And um, uh, you know, I I just went to work. You know, so but I was also realistic, and I worked my way through school, and um, you know, I worked three jobs, and uh miserable miserable time of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to compete during that time because I was just I couldn't, and I uh, was too busy with you know the school, the working, to support myself, pay for school, all this, and um. So, when I got out, I started pursuing the bodybuilding mm-hmm. thing again. And um, I turned pro. I was 26, and then I won the national championship. And by that point, I already had my own business. And uh, because even after I turned pro, and I started doing very well. It could be over any time. Any one of those injuries I had, probably should have stopped my career, honestly. And uh, the quad thing, I really, I really <laughs> beat the odds on that deal.
1: I didn't even know anybody um, else has
0: done that. And, um, <laughs> and so, my thing was like, even if you're super successful, Bodybuilding is a very short period of time, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I competed for 15 years as a pro. In the whole grand scheme of a normal lifespan, that's a very short period of time. So what are you going to do after that, you know? And um, so I was just, I was never going to let myself be in a position I was as a kid with my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why I always had a, had a business, had a job, I was smart. Like, I remember that conversation I had with you in California. I told you, I said, oh, the prize money, I said, I'll never touch. I put it all up in investment. Yeah. And I said, the contract money, most of that, I saved too, you know, because I always had a business that I based my bills off of, my living expenses off of, and everything else then put back and save and invest. And that way, when you're done, you got something to show for it.
1: But imagine being,
0: what was I, 21, 22 when I met you then, and
1: hearing that from from you. You know, most of these other guys were kind of like making money, spending it on cars, fucking rims for their cars, just stupid investments. And you were like, no. Blue collar, a very similar upbringing. You know, you know my upbringing. You actually branches being to my house in Wales, yeah. give my a Welsh rugby jersey, um, and I've met my mum and dad. So you know the the place I come from, very steel, steel oriented town. Um, but again, same same thing. Where I, what did I my, work my way up? Naive wherever. I came to the US, slept on the sofa, knew one or two people, and I think the fact that I was doing something that I loved, right. I wasn't standing on the fucking, on the on the rugby field, freezing my ass off, waiting for the ball. This was me getting into the gym, putting myself through a workout, fucking putting myself through a workout, and in love in the process. Same thing as you said too, didn't have the knowledge of, uh, you know, nutrition or anything like that because I didn't meet me until later on, but these flex magazines became my Bible, right? Oh, yeah. And I, and I don't know if you noticed this back then, but... They never posted diets back then. They just kind of hid that shit yeah. away. They always talked about certain things and training, but never talked about diets. So if you found something, you're like, oh my God, this is the new thing now. And then you would look, somebody wrote write an article about how turkey was the the new fucking diet. So then I'd fucking eat turkey all the time. But again- did these guys now
0: that that are on the internet, they have no fucking clue, right? You know, um, uh, my first diet, i was <laughs> straight uh, over there. They took a freaking back from an envelope, right? Oh, and, uh, the dude took a. Uh, I, I had it for years. So yeah. I think I still got it. I just got to find it. Oh, that's and great. I think Brian or somebody he wrote down, you know, what to eat on the back of the same piece of scrap paper. Flipped it to me. I'm like, okay, huh? <laughs> and you did it, and it worked. Yeah. You won. Yeah, and, and so it's like, was there any science science behind that? Yeah, he had experience, so he he knew, but uh, wow. it was just you just. And I just sold it to a T. Yes. You know? I know. So
1: I got my own stories too. So I think I got the same piece of paper that was written on and cut up and I was given and I put it into a notebook notebook and then I, you know, it becomes like second nature then because you're doing the same thing all the time. But until I had that information, it was kind of like, Oh, don't show anybody. I'm gonna give you this. So you're like, fucking diet, you kidding me? It's like top secret. This and and, and always been in Wales too. Anything that came over from the US, and, and who the fuck are you going to believe, right? It's like, oh, I'm friends with so and so. This came from him. You get this guy, he's like, oh, Remy, really? this came from Ronnie Coleman. Oh, fuck, okay. That's the shit that we had in <laughs> Wales. It's like the past down, the pa- I probably started off by saying, like, I think this is what Ronnie done. Then that was given to that person. Then that person. This is from Ronnie. Then it. Came, then it's like fucking ten people down the line, and then it's turned Chinese. You know, oh, so it's a totally, telephone it's holy grail. How you know, many you get? There, so. <laughs> yes, it's like uh, they came down with more of this, but <laughs> uh, but Matt, um, I know we touched on a few things now already, but the mindset mm-hmm. is a is a big thing for me as well as it is for you. And um, do you know when you, when you were competing? and you and uh, Tresh found out you were having faith. How much of an impact did
0: that have? That changes everything. Um, Best thing ever happened to me. To be a bodybuilder, especially a top level professional bodybuilder, it makes you a very selfish and self-centered person. Even if you're not that way naturally, if that's not who you are, you become that way because it's all about you. It's about your training, your diet, your nutrition, your cardio, your tanning, your posing, your me, 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 you take all the time Mm -hmm. and you don't give any or very little back. Mm -hmm. And in a relationship, that's not a good thing, and uh, you know. And plus, my wife was a top level, you know, competitor. Also, you Trish know, incredible. And, um, you know, she did very well in the Olympia and the Arnold, and you know, top three finishes. And and so now you got another person who's doing the same thing, and uh, that's a recipe for disaster. It ain't always sunshine and rainbows. And uh, let's just be real. And um, you know, for for her, she always put me first, mm. and she gave a lot. And uh, I think sometimes at the expense of her own success. And um, you know, I asked her one time, I said, why do, you, why do you put me first? You're getting ready for the Olympia, too. And she says, well, it does not make sense for me to put me first. She goes, you get 10th place, and you make more money than if I win. And uh, she goes, you got the contracts, You got all this stuff. And she goes, we're together, right? we're one. Mm-hmm. This is a team. She goes, so let's do what's best for the team. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Yeah. You know, that, that, um, you know I, I, <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever expressed to her, really, how much that meant to me and expressed, because, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. Like, you know, you got a good woman. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, because she's, she put me first. And um, so a lot of my success I have, I think, it's because of her. I know it is. So, you know, I owe a lot of that to her. And um, so when we got pregnant, you know, I really one, not want to have kids. Um, we got married, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> – kids man i'm like you're crazy a bunch of little crumb snatching rugrats i'm like no way bro i'm out uh, so uh i'm taking changing diapers and and crying i'm like hell no i'm out and uh so uh you know of course you know trish would to have kids and uh, then uh you know we can we can see who won that that argument and uh they get you they always get you uh, it's it's hard to say no though that's the problem <laughs> because you saw so something you want, yeah, <laughs> yes, and yes. You can't yes, say no. yes. <laughs> so, even if you don't want to, yeah, you're you know. going to break down.
1: Oh, so. no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Read through the lines. <laughs> so, uh,
0: she got pregnant, and uh, you know, she had faith, man. That was uh, the best day of my life, yeah, it still is. I don't think anything in my life has ever happened. To you know, it's a senior year old, child porn, and um, uh, you know, uh, like I. I can't. You as a father understand that, and if I told you this before you had had your first child, you wouldn't understand it. Any father out there, I think, understands this. Is, yeah. You know, when you're you have your own child and you hold them, hold in your arms for the first time, it's a it's instant love. It's an unconditional love mm-hmm. that never changed.
1: Yes, so, it's a feeling and an an expression. You can say love, but then I think you truly know what it means then, right? Because I think it also goes full circle to where you get more. For me and my, my parents, too, I was like, man, I was a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, you, you know, uh, you had the same feeling when, when you had faith with, maybe you had a different feeling with your mom, right?
0: 100%. It it, <clears throat> it opened your eyes so much. And yeah. for the first time in a long time, I didn't think about myself first. Yeah. You know, I thought about, uh, I thought about that little girl and my wife yeah. before I thought about myself. Yeah. And uh, as far as bodybuilding went, it pushed me to be, it made me a better bodybuilder, it made me a better businessman, it made me a better man. Yeah, and um, uh, I changed. Uh, I changed a lot, and um, it because um, I had a family now. There's was dependent on me. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a responsibility to take care of that little girl and raise her, and, uh, and I just want her to be better than I was. Just be a better person. What What changed do you think most? It softens you up having a daughter for sure. <laughs> 100. Uh, I mean, percent Everybody knows Branch is this freaking maniac in the gym. He's still our branch. Don't worry, yeah. I'll stroke your so, ego, bro. Uh, You're still nah, out. Not it ain't nothing like it used to be, but uh, um, it's the kinder gentler version of Branch. I remember we're in Pittsburgh and we're training after I retired, and you looked at me, and the dudes were all cutting up, and he goes, "Mate, like this would have never happened back in the day." No. I said, "This is the kinder gentler version of Branch," Fuck. and you, you go, gotta give me a and you looked you look, you look at me, and you go, "I fucking think I like the old Branch." <laughs> um, uh, no nah, man when you have a daughter man it softens you up yeah man, I, I think uh, i'm a big believer god doesn't ever give you something you can't handle and uh i truly believe that and uh, i think sometimes you don't know what you need but he knows and so he puts yeah. out on your plate yeah so uh, it's been the biggest blessing of my life yeah so, so I, wish, I wish i had three more
1: yeah i remember we spoke in cheesecake factory not so long ago and you were like if you can do it yeah, I had the second one. I had not at that point in time. And uh, I was like, all right, Branch, I won't pull out. <laughs> no, but it was, because I, I again, I was still competing. I was like, do I, because listen, you know what it's like, having a child and the mentality and trying to be the best. And yes, you, you you've become different. You've had to. You know, you, even if you try and fight it, it's not going to happen. Just, it just—if you,
0: you fight it and you win that fight, then you're going to be a not not a good bodybuilder, you're a fucking asshole too. You know, you're honestly. an assholder. Yeah. And if you if you don't put yourself first, you're going to get beat by guys who do put their self first. Yeah. And um, so it's a it's a you know having a kid it's a it was a hard balance for me because I had to put my I, I it was not going to be in the way I put my child and my family first, mm. but the flip side of that it motivated me even more to be a better bodybuilder. Yeah. So it's kind of that. um so. You know, I, the uh, uh, flips, going back to what we talked about being injured in that 2012 Arnold, so I had, Trish was pregnant with Faith when I, I got injured. <clears throat> Faith was born February 6th. Uh, three weeks later, I won the Arnold Classic. So uh, that was the best best month of my life. Yeah, it's so one month. So, yeah, jeez so, Louise. So, wow. Uh, yeah, one, one, inc- one
1: incredible feeling of euphoria, two highs. Obviously, I know Faith. The, the Arnold Classic win is the Arnold Classic win, and obviously the story link goes to that, But then, faith being yeah. born, yeah. it's like two different kinds of, you know, spiritual
0: feelings too, right? Yeah, it was a uh, the Arnold. Even as much as that meant to me, like I, I just told that story and all that, didn't compare to what, yeah. you know, my daughter being born was. I'd give up everything I want for that girl. You know, so there's no comparison. You know, as a father, yeah. stuff. So. That unconditional love you
1: have—it's a, it's a different mm-hmm. feeling. Because again, I can look at these trophies, as you can look at lo- yours, and you go, "Yeah, I went through a lot of hardship for that." I—I I, nobody knows. This happened. This happened. Never talked about it. And when I got when I lifted that up, I was like, "Oh man, I was on top of the world." And then you think, when your child was born, what was that feeling like? <sighs> yeah, it ain't that ain't top of the world, close, Nah, that—that was yeah. a—that was a, that was a yep. fucking goosebump kind of. You know, unbelievable feeling because again, it's just like it's like you created that, yeah. And and it's, it's just it's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, your DNA is in in this little one, and and this this human being that you've created now is co dependent on you. And regardless of how hard and how tough you are, and fucking diaper changes, soften you up
0: fast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I had had faith by myself. Yeah, and uh, Trish had run to the store or something. And uh, my boy, Jay, you know Jay, right? Yeah, yeah, Jay, yeah, Jay, time. yeah. Jay Moore. And uh, <laughs> he calls me, and uh Faith is screaming or something, and, uh, or she starts screaming when I'm on the phone with him. And I go, and I put him on speakerphone, and she, he goes, what are you doing? I go, man, I'm changing her diaper. He goes, man, you're wiping her. He said something like, man, you're wiping her ass, man. <laughs> Fuck, that's gross. <laughs> and um, and I'm thinking, that's my girl, man. I'm like, I'm going to go let her lay in her own stuff, you know, yeah. own, own feces, you know. I'm like, of course I'm cleaning her up, dude. I go, that's my freaking daughter. Yeah. You know, she's just like a few days old or something, whatever she was, and, and I, I'm like, dude, you don't get it because you don't got a kid. Like, when you have a kid, you'll get it. Yeah. And uh, so um, it just everything changes. It's a blessing. That's the first diaper I ever changed in my life. And I'm like, yeah, when, I'm gonna, when it's yours, you don't even uh, yeah, I don't even know if I it. got any fucking manual. I'll I, 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 talk, I, talk, I, talk I, me through it. But I, <clears clears> I don't even <throat> held a baby, right? Yeah. My friends that have, have babies. Like here, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't hold yeah. that thing. <laughs> I don't want that, like keep that critter away from me.
1: <laughs> I don't want run around that thing. Bring him back when he's yeah. 14, I'll yeah. take him hunting. I'll take him hunting, I'll put him, change
0: him a real man. Uh, my friend had a baby uh, six months before Faith, and we're at the hospital, and I are here, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. He's like, man, you're about to have one, dude, so you need to, the- yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> the- I know. I can relate, though, man, because I, I was like, I don't know
1: if I'm going to do it right. Hold the baby right, and it's like, there's no right or wrong, there's no manual, you can read every fucking book
0: going, but... You just got to live the life and and go through it and learn. I told Trish or somebody we were talking and and I go, man, I go, dude, I've, I freaking had puppies. I've had maybe horses, colts. Like, how hard can it be? And she's looking at me like, seriously, <laughs> you just compared <laughs> yeah.
1: the birth of a child to a puppy and a horse.
0: Oh my god, bro!
1: But yeah, it's true though. I mean, that, that's that's the life you've lived, right? Yeah. So it's it's uh, you know we can all laugh and and say you know whatever else, um, but you have created this environment for yourself growing up to be surrounded by nothing but um, the blue-collar ethics and the work integrity you've had to become this champion and all of a sudden life happens. Life happens and and all these new um, exposures and all these new, uh, you know, fucking elements that have come to your life that you never anticipated because you... You have been bodybuilding, since you, so you said, since you were a teenager, right? This is yeah. your way of getting out of, out, of, out of poverty or getting out of the rut or whatever you're in and um, really developing yourself into the after you become, the businessman you've become and, um, you know, along them lines now, life has taken a course and you and Trish have got a beautiful daughter. How old is Faith now? Oh, she's 10.
0: She'll be, oh a, she'll be 11 of February. So crazy for me, man. It was fast on
1: it, yeah. Mine's seven, yeah. And I look at her and I'm like, Wow, life doesn't slow down for nothing. It Really puts perspective on things, too. Because I, I look at her and I go, Wow, I started having a lot of um thoughts about doing certain things. I'm like, Here I am, still fucking thinking about it. seven years later. Get your shit together. It's a different mindset now. I, I've kind of now that I'm retired because I felt that bodybuilding, uh, I think bodybuilding really doesn't allow you. As much as, no matter how busy you are, it doesn't allow you to truly maximize a lot of the opportunities that um, that present themselves to you. You know, yes, you can control your environment by saying, it's like, okay, I'm going to invest in this, I'm going to do that. But really, it's all tailored towards you not missing a workout, you not missing a meal, you being able to do these businesses and shit like that, right? So uh, your logistics business obviously was encompassing the body burn. Uh, all the other things that you were doing, you had the gym too. I remember you had an incredible personal training gym, bro. and that, that was
0: fucking badass. I had a personal training gym there in Southlake yeah. uh, for a number of years. And then uh, and well, Trish got married and uh, opened up a freight company, a logistics company. Yeah. And uh, we had that for 10 years. And uh, we sold that about six years ago, seven, yeah, six, about six years ago. Dumb. And, uh, you know, so we've uh, always worked, you know, always worked outside of bodybuilding. Hmm. And because uh, if I sit around all day, like there's guys, I mean, we know guys. They bodybuild, they text, they watch SportsCenter, they play video Fucking games, PlayStation, yeah, PlayStation bullshit, and that's all they do. They're so busy. Yeah, and I'm like, if I did that, it'd be bad. And uh, so I'm just not that kind of not that kind of person. And you know, and like I said, I always knew that it was going to come to an end one day. Either you get hurt, you just start not doing well, or you get old. And you know, we all we all get old. So uh, and let's just be real, man. When you're your 40s, you ain't gonna beat them, friggin' 30, 25, 30 year olds. Mm. That's just the way it is. There's a few freaks out there like Dexter. Yeah. But that's one in 10 million. Yeah.
1: When I got, um, beginning of this year, I made the announcement for a time and you hit me up. You said it's the best thing you've made, best, best decision you've done. And it was nice to get, like, I would say, uh, messages from yourself and many other top guys that I've looked up to and, and, and actually come up behind, right? And, and, you know, ask questions. Like I said earlier, it's gone full circle now and you're saying to me on the rise, do this, do this. And then on the retirement, it's like, good job, good time. Don't think about going back, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Again, you, you paved the path for for a lot of the things that I and many others have done. So for me to you, man, it's, it's been great to, to follow your career and, and see you not only be the best bodybuilder in the world, you know, uh, and be respected, Globally, because we've traveled around the world. It's incredible to see the fan base you have, mate. Um, But then be the business guy, too, which when I segue into this incredible company guy, w- Wicked Cuts, which I've been able to uh, sample um, periodically throughout the years because you used to send me stuff and you stopped sending me stuff, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Incredible company, though, Matt. Beef Jerky. Never, I never thought I would put Beef Jerky and Branch One together, but then I thought to myself, fucking hell, this goes hand in hand. So how did that come come about?
0: Well first I wanna say uh it has been a privilege to see you grow up as a bodybuilder and create the have the career you had and become a legend in your own right in okay. the sport. So uh that's been an honor to uh to sit back and witness that and, and uh be part of it to a certain extent and then uh, see not only beyond that, to see you grow from a young I want say a boy to a man yeah. to a man and uh and a family man and businessman and you know, probably I'm gonna go out here and limb and probably the greatest 212 champion will ever have. Thank you. And so uh, that's been a, been an honor and a privilege to to witness all that. My so, mom. thank you, bro. So, uh, but uh, as far as Wicked Cuts goes, uh, the story on that. So Scott James. You know Scott? Yeah. So you guys that know Scott? Scott was a uh, the, the founder and uh, owner of BSN. Him and his partner Chris, and um, they started out of their garage, basically in South Florida, way back when, and uh, they grew up to be. Of the, I think top three largest supplement companies in the world. Incredible. And I uh, sold it for a couple of dollars back <laughs> in the day. And, uh, yeah, a <laughs> couple, couple, couple nickels. And um, then uh, we, were, uh, we were talking, and I think we we're on a plane. And um, he said, uh, he goes, Hey, I, I'd always want to work with you. He said, But you know, you were always with Muscle Tech or whoever back in the day. And uh, he said, I suggest not work out. He says, But I've got a couple ideas. I'll run by you. So we got back in town. I said, Well, let's go to lunch and um, talk about it. We get back to town, and um, so he called me up, and um, we went to lunch and had a meeting. He said, "I thought he wanted something again because his non-compete clause, I think, was just about up." Yeah. And so I thought he was thinking about doing making lightning strike twice. And um, he said, "No, let's do a beef jerky company." And I just sat there and I am like, "I didn't know what to say." I am like, "I just go beef jerky." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Think about this." He goes, "Supplements, bodybuilding supplements appeal to like this small little segment of society. I mean, how many people buy supplements in the whole?" Yeah. 5% maybe of the population, you know, it's not yes. much, I promise you. Not too many people are buying pre-workouts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people, but percentage-wise, it's very small. So he said, everybody likes beef jerky. He goes, we can do different flavors like chicken and turkey and all this stuff. And he goes, that's like, you know, 89% of the population eats at one point or another. Or a road trip or they eat it regular or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I started thinking about it and I was like, I don't know a damn thing about beef jerky. I like yeah. it, but um, I eat it. Um, let's learn. So, for me, it was a new challenge. And that's what I think turned me on more to it was, it was a new challenge. I want to prove I could be successful on something mm-hmm. outside of the body yeah, and yeah. fitness world. So, when we launched, we launched in the fitness world, you know, because that was a low and fruit. We had all the new other people, the store owners, the, all these things. And uh, we, we started there and then we blown it up. So, I think, I don't know, I lost track of how many thousands of locations we're in now across the country, but uh, it's going very well. And uh, just we just had a meeting. For 23, and uh, best thing I've ever done. Good. best thing I've ever done.
1: <laughs> well, so I will say the difference, and I'm not blowing smoke out your ass. Um, I would say a beef jerky joke, but I won't. That is the best beef jerky I've ever had in my life. I'm not blowing smoke. I mean, I've had that uh, stuff at the airport, and you everybody grabs the emergency beef jerky. So, I want to give it a actually, name well, that. Actually, we're at the,
0: the smoothie shop here at, at McCarran. Yeah. So we're at the Vegas airport. So that was kind of cool. So when we got in there the first time.
1: You didn't? I When yeah. did you get in there? Uh, before, about right after COVID. I fly up there all the time. I should fucking know this. Yeah. In fact, I, I don't even normally buy beef jerky um, unless I'm going for, you know, I've not got my meal on me. I bought it. This is why I, 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 I'm I so kind of up there to this stuff. I bought beef jerky. Last week when I came from, uh, fuck, when I fly from Mexico, I fly from San Diego, I was like, shit, it was early in the morning, there was nothing in this store, and I looked, I was like, okay, I'll grab this and some protein, you know, still bodybuilding mentality, try and get my fucking 40 grams of protein in one meal, three, (laughs) with my two (laughs) meals a day, and I bought this beef jerky, and I was like, oh my God. God, fucking hell and I got British teeth right in the back <laughs> fucking American fake ones in the front so these are good in the back right they're not going anywhere they might break sometimes but um, not anytime soon but that fucking beef jerky I was like I'm going to break my teeth yeah. Fucking, th- this is incredible I don't know what you guys have done you don't have to leave the secrets out here but you you obviously uh, in it and you also uh, um, is it like a drying process or something yeah so
0: it's the way we cook it it's the uh, <sighs> way secrets here but uh, the process we go through to cook it is a little bit different. Yeah. And um, so, and my thing is too, is I, I, me and Scott talked and we want something that was different. We had to distinguish yeah. ourselves because there's a lot of competition in that that market. And um, I want something that was like, we call it like the tender side of jerky. Yeah. You know, so I wanted it. I wanted the beef jerky to be like a filet mignon. You know, a great thing. job. And, and we came with our bestseller, Maple Bacon. You know, mm. we have several bacon, different flavors of bacon. Yeah. It's actually strips of bacon that we've made into jerky. Is it and, over there? Yeah. We have to get. That one on the end there, maple bacon. I'll give it to you in a minute. It's so good. Tires,
1: can you grab me that maple bacon? Do you don't mind? <laughs> hey, I'm tried this. It's so I'm gonna good. try it. By the way, he's telling me, he's telling me signs in my fucking teleprompter.
0: Like I'm on the website, <laughs> he's on the website. At on the, on the very bread. end. Teriyaki turkey. At the very end. Oh my god! Right there. There we go. So that right there is so good. One bite, it'll make you slap your mouth. Can, mom can
1: I? Teriyaki. Can I try one right yeah, now? Yeah, of Is that sure?
0: Yeah. So we have got the premier
1: jerky, old fashioned maple. Handcrafted with Premier Uncured Uncured, uncured Bacon. bacon.
0: All right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it a go now. One bite, it'll make you slap your mama. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm doing this. For brunch won't run. And my taste buds. <laughs> this
0: is live, guys. Oh my god. Do you know what? This, this is, is like real bacon. Yeah. That's what I said. It slices, it's like it's kind of bacon. I don't, I don't it's like stuff it's... you fry up for breakfast. Look at this, guys.
1: This is incredible.
0: I'm going to take this top piece.
1: And for every unsported if I listen in, I apologize for chomping in your mouth right now. Chomping in your ear. Oh, fuck off, Branch. Try, try this. Take them fucking Invisaligns out and put this in your mouth. <laughs> How many gay guys have said that <laughs> <aren't> to you? <laughs> I'll give you some later. Anyway, Branch, Holy shit, man. This is fucking incredible.
0: Yeah, that's our number one. So that's a, that one came out and... You know, I don't, um, I'm not going to say we were the first one to do bacon jerky, but I think we're probably been the most successful with it. And um,
1: it's got great facts, too, nutritional facts.
0: It's not like, it's not, you wouldn't diet on it, but. No, it, but it's not terrible. For what no. it is, so.
1: Great job. Seriously. I'm not blowing smoke. I know you're my guest and everything, but I would be, I probably wouldn't have done it live on the air if it was somebody else, but as I see you and, and everything you live for, and you're saying how good it is, I was like. I, just keep talking i'm gonna fucking eat one more piece
0: not only am i hungry i'm working here, but this is actually fucking really good yeah so we started this thing off and um uh, it was a uh, it was a challenge i learned good. learned a lot of stuff about about jerky and about distribution and things like that and it's been mm. a challenge and um you know scott thank god he's uh thought him would never be possible yeah so it's been a, a great opportunity and uh totally loved it and forward to a really good 23, where things are going. So,
1: when did this start up again, Branch?
0: So in May, will be uh four years. Oh my god! I remember you guys started this too.
1: Great job! So. I'm still fucking eating. Sorry guys. Um, Branch, you have been with Gas now for how many years? 2008. Mm. So was that f- 15 years? Incredible, man. So. That that is such a, a great partnership. Because Sweden, Scroll! <laughs> <laughs> scroll inside stories <laughs> uh but yeah we yeah. you have been with with gasp i was with gasp obviously at one point in time i've still would have I'd loved to have done more stuff with you on gasp um but you were there and, and to be honest man there <sighs> i'll say it fuck it if it wasn't for branch warren i think gasp would be as big as what it is and that's me saying it as your friend, but also saying it as an athlete who also owns brands and as and, and brands people. You took that company because of the raw, rugged look, back the front, fucking train, you know, the hardcore training style. Well,
0: gas was blew it up. Gas was a hardcore training brand, and um, you know, we had better bodies than you know, gas. Gas was a more, of a, I don't want to say mainstream, but it was more of a fitness brand. I agree. You know, and uh, gas was a hardcore, you know, bodybuilding brand, and you know, so they uh, parabenol. Talk mm-hmm. for you know he knew the uh, knew michael and all those guys and so introduced us because they were looking for somebody to they were a regional brand they were there's a few countries in the nordics yeah in northern europe there and uh, they want to go global michael had just planned to take this brand and go global and he wanted to go to the states mm-hmm. and um so it was perfect timing um we came came on board and uh, as i grew and had my career took off it really started to, it was a perfect timing because in mm-hmm. 2008 when my career just started to really skyrocket and um the company coincided with his vision and uh so we both grew together and uh it's just been a been a match made in heaven for the most part um michael i know i consider him he's not a boss he's my friend mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know i like, can you know, we came to vegas here we back yeah probably about a year and it's him and his wife me and, me and trish and mm-hmm. you know we came out here and uh you know we worked but basically it was kind of a vacation too Yeah. you know hanging out so it's just been a, been a blessing and now i'm more involved than ever you know with uh with gas better bodies so my, my role from athlete is uh has evolved into over a business role, yeah, and I'm very much involved with them, and uh, so uh, um, I don't have any days off. <laughs> so between Wicked and Gasp, and yeah. you know the, the other things I do, so uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, what and, is uh, a day off branch. So, brunch? <laughs> um, when you have a, try
1: to find an off day? Even if, if you had the chance, you, you'd find something to do, right? Because that's oh, for sure. That's how you are. Yeah, you're I, not just. I can't see s- still. I can't see you being the but, fucking slipper and pajamas type of guy. Maybe
0: yeah, yeah. on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, I used to get out of the house because all the family's there and I can't. There's only so much I can take. So uh, if I can, I'll slip off to the farm and go hunt. So, uh, so uh, and, uh, oh shit! And I took speaking of that, I took my daughter hunting for the first time last weekend. The weekend before last, she got her first deer. So that was oh pretty cool. no way! So yeah, she got it, and then uh, mm-hmm. she's like, "Dad, can we can we have it for Christmas? Christmas dinner?" And uh, no way! She's like, "I'm like done." So I told Trish, I was like, "I took it to the butcher and got it and got it processed. Mm-hmm. It'll be ready when I get back." And uh, so we're having this for Christmas dinner because Faith wants to be the one that brought home the, yeah. brought home the meat. So.
1: Brought home the food. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's crazy. Because, again, listen, th- th- there's there's a lot of, you know, oopla about hunting and stuff like that. But there's not beater on the bush. You hunt to eat. You don't fucking yeah, so hunt for, you
0: know. All those years I competed, mm-hmm. I always I dieted primarily off of uh, buffalo, bison, mm-hmm. and elk. So uh, I'd go to Wyoming every year. I'd get a bison and kind um, of... If I got an elk tag, I'd get an elk. If I was fortunate enough to get one, and then, uh, that's what I dieted it on for the Olympia the Earl. So you can't get you can't get a better meat. No, and uh, there's no hormones, no preservatives. It's super low in fat, high in protein, mm-hmm. and uh, plus it's it tastes good to me. I think buffalo and elk are probably the two of the best. Uh, Fucking uh, mean as hell. So
1: yeah. So, so here we go, guys. Listen, he hunted his own food for the Olympia. Mm-hmm. Fuck the liver king and all this bullshit. This guy is like and going out I, there. I never
0: said I was natural either. So fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, when, when you went faith, um, and hunted for the first time and she got to the, uh, was it an emotional moment for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, yeah. I think it is a, as a father, I think you understand that. Uh, yeah. My father taught me how to hunt at a very young age. I mean, when I was five years old, he started taking me with him mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I grew up in the country and, uh, you know, we, we always had game. I mean, whether it was quail or mm-hmm. ducks or deer or you know, wild hogs, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, you know, he wasn't a trophy hunter. He loved to hunt, but it was, you know, we hunted for, for meat. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I remember I shot it When I got, I got my first little twenty two. Mm-hmm. I shot a possum one time. And uh, I'm like, you know, like, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, go get it. I go, what do you mean mm-hmm. get it? He goes, you're going to eat it. Jeez. I'm like, dad, that's like just a big giant rat. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you don't kill stuff if you don't eat it. Mm-hmm. He made me clean this thing, skin it out. And he told my mom to cook it. Well, wow. And she's like, are you serious? he goes, oh, yeah, you're cooking it.
1: Can you even eat possum? I, 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 I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah. She fried Is it. it she, she like, like, fried it up. Oh, yeah. Like, eat yeah. fried right And it was the nastiest, greasiest thing I'd ever had. Oh. And I'm like, it cured me, though. I was like, all right, I get it. If you don't eat it, you don't shoot it. Oh. That was a good lesson to learn. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. So, and he made me eat it. And it was like, no, there was no, you it, with it, the it ass whooping. Yeah. Um, so, and, um, and I, but that's a I got the I got the message, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I've always hunted. And, uh, growing, up, growing up, I did. You know, there was like I tell people there's two things to do: hunt and drink beer. Yeah, I didn't drink, so <laughs> I hunted. Yeah. So and so for faith, you know, um, I took her out and uh, she got her first deer. And you know, we uh, went through the whole thing. And I remember my dad taking me, you know, when I was young like her and getting my first one. And so she got she was super excited. And then you know, just the whole process of it. You know, teaching how to clean it and oh, really and you know, drag it back to the Truck and I picked it up and you know, carried it out and my dad did the same thing and dumb. so I'm ever sitting back on the way home like well, pretty uh pretty cool moment
1: yeah. only a father can understand yeah. I understand that that's why I asked the question because I know obviously there's a there's a there's a relatable and transitional moment there right that that you know that hunting for you would be something else for me and
0: my dad growing up right? even yeah, <clears> though. <throat> Even a knife I took with me was my father's knife, mm. and uh, so I took it with me on that hunt. And I hadn't taken that knife in years, and uh, so it was wow. just you know symbolic moment. Those moments, so. nice man.
1: I love. I like to hear this, it's and this associate you, know, it's a, a, the, the chapters of life that we're no experiencing right after yeah. bodybuilding. Um, and you also are taking me on a hunt, not in the same, you know, maybe not at the same moment, but it wasn't quite as emotional. <laughs> It was fucking emotional for me when I was <laughs> trying to chase after you and Daria and fucking branches through my face. I remember running through, oh my God, in the fucking pitch black.
0: All right, guys. Um, oh so imagine God. this. So it's at nighttime. We're hunting wild boars. Okay, we got the dogs, right? We got the, the bay dogs and got the pit bull, all with his Kevlar and all the stuff on him. And so we're rolling and we got GPSs on the dogs. Well, the dogs start, they get one, go after one. So we drive as far as we can. Then we jump off on foot and- this thing baits up in a bunch of priors. So I had Dorian Yates with me and, and Flex. Well, Dorian went first. So we get this thing bait up. We get in there, and grab it. Dorian goes in there for the kill and freaking knifes it and kills it. And uh Flex is like, Holy fuck bait. He goes, That's fucking badass. Let's get another one. Can we get another one? I'm like, fuck it, let's go see if we get another one. And yeah. uh, unfortunately we didn't get one. We, didn't, could, we didn't catch another one. Fucking but, I, you. but at that moment, that was the most excited I'd ever seen Flex. <sighs> It was, he, I ain't seen him get that excited when he won the Olympia. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, it was just yeah. cool. So very cool. time. It was
1: so, crazy because I didn't really know what was going on. I, I think also during that time there was, um, you, would, you put a couple of things out of you hunting, right? But, but when you're, when you live in this world, that's not, that's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, turn up on Tuesday. I'm doing this. Somebody films it. But then when it goes back, this is just fucking blown up wild, viral videos of branch hunting and, and to you it's just oh, that's the, the fucking tuesday right yeah. so when this happened i was like oh. so we were talking you're like you want to come out and stay with me i don't think i was guest posing or i was i was, was, was guest posing for your show that's branch one right. classic right. yes right. yep. and you give dorian uh like a lifetime achievement award and you um you had me guest pose
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i want to talk with your show because your show is fucking incredible What you, you, and, you and uh Trisha done um but you took me hunting and um, i remember like Knowing a little bit, but also kind of shine away from the too much information and watching the videos because I wanted to experience this live. And we went to your friend's house, we picked up the dogs and then we went, drove out, we kept on driving and driving and driving. I remember we had to, w- we had to wake up very early in the morning and then we didn't fucking hour. what was it? What a night! Get out, when a night, get out when at it... night and then we got in early in the morning. I yeah, we That's got out at, like at four in the morning, four, yeah. five in the morning. And then we went fucking train at eleven. And we train shoulders yeah. at 11 o'clock.
0: Never miss a workout.
1: Never. I remember uh, going to bed and you were like, what time? Okay, Branch, what time are we training? I was like, oh, please say fucking two o'clock. I like, will be up at 11 o'clock, motherfucker. <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know if you said motherfucker, but it's already good for this part. And uh, and then you were up. I can remember you stood in. I think you knocked my door. And then we went down. We had Bre- Trish made us a fucking feast. We were talking about the hunt and everything else. But the hunt itself, just to go back to that too we were on quads, we were on, the guys were driving trucks and like so much technology. The the, the dogs are GPSs and we're all looking at the GPS and like, oh, watch this flex. And then you just hear the dogs back and they were like, you see them circling and you let the other set of dogs out, you get the other dogs back, but you have to get there fast. So it was me, Branch, Dorian Yates and all branches, Branch's guys the too. Branch. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were all belted up and, you know, we were running in and fucking fed foot like forever. But um, when you're in that moment and your your, your adrenals are going and your heart is pumping, like I wasn't tired. I was like, let me get that. And it was me and Dorian fucking trying to take over. I remember you said, let Dorian go first. So he was running through, we jumped over barbed wire fences, fucking torn up, but you don't give a shit about that until after the fact. Then we were running through these, these brambles and stuff and- the guys in front were holding the branches back, and then Dorian is supposed to then grab that branch and hold it back for me. No, Dorian just fucking runs True. through. <laughs> the guy leaves, goes, back on my face. But again, it was a great time. You're like running with very limited light. The moon is bright as hell. I remember that night, which gave us incredible light. I can see. Right? And we had flashlights and stuff, but um, yeah, there's, there's something... Uh, there's something special about going with hunting with branch water, and I can see I done it because a lot of it's kind of like synonymous, branch water and hunting. Like a lot of people say, you know, uh, oh, it comes up in conversation, yeah, I went hunting with branch. You went hunting with branch, do you use knives? It's so fucking crazy, bro. Everybody's like <laughs> branching knives and hogs. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that experience, it was a great one. And then we went and trained a couple of hours later, and, and again, I think I was still on the adrenal high of you worked that time we right, right now we went right around and we passed out and i also remember this too you probably food food for thought view um i remember sitting at the table <laughs> at the table and you uh had you had one of the dogs that we took hunting um r.i.p right the same as mine but you're like flex you know it's the first time we fed that dog off the table i was like oh shit did i just feed the dog because the dog was sitting there, uh-huh. and I was eating like this, and this dog is an absolute monster. You know, it was, uh, what was it? It was an American bulldog. Yeah. It was fucking huge. And it was a pup back then. You were still training it. Yeah. This thing was massive. Very obedient. He was sitting next to me, and by the way he was sitting next to me looking at me, it looked like he'd been fed so many times. And I don't know. So I was eating. I think something fell off you know, off my fork, so it hit my lap, and I grabbed it. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm like, don't feed my dog again, bro. <laughs> It's like, oh shit! We just went fucking hunting with the hogs and knives. I was like, ah oh, fuck! I know what this happens. Sorry, branch. You went that bad. Branch. You just, I <laughs> just for bigger context, but yeah, that was no, nuts. you you yeah. were just like, hey, uh, yeah, that dog's never been fed before, and I was like, and you said it the nicest way possible. And I was like, oh shit, sorry, bro. But that's still fucking sad to me to this day. I'm like, oh shit, because he was even though he was a house dog, he was not a house
0: dog too, right? Because he, yeah, he was trainer. He was a once he got fully trained, he had to be outside. And uh, yeah, actually, whatever, right. uh, when Faith was born, uh, he was, you know, mature, big, yeah, fully grown. And uh, killer. he was an incredible hunting dog. But guys, everybody has American bulldogs and pit bulls or something. You know, <laughs> and uh, you have no idea what those dogs are capable of until you take one hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, that's what they're for. And they love it. And uh, But uh, when Faith was born... Had him in the backyard. And I caught him on the window looking, looking at her, and he had that look in his eye because she was like, you know, a few, few weeks old on the floor mm. or something, and it bothered me so bad that I went and gave him to some of my guys I hunted with. Uh, I told Trish I said I can't, we can't yeah. take that chance, man. I said he's, I just I can't do it. And um, so uh, it, he he was an awesome dog. He loved Trish, mm. and uh, I mean he'd come in the house and guys would come in and if he didn't know him. I'm sit on just sit on her feet, and just look at him. <laughs> I'm like, like yo, bro, is Max cool with me? I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he just, I told Trish, I said I'd be out of town. You know, we yeah. travel all the time. Yeah. I go, she, you know, she, I go, just put Max in the house. I go, sure, I'll take a bullet for you. I go, he loves you. Yeah. I go, he listens to me because he don't got a choice. <laughs> I said, but he loves you. <laughs> so uh, it
1: was yeah. funny. But but, uh, right there, though, it just goes to show that change right there because hunting and was everything right at one point. In time then faith comes along, and then you got. Hunting, the the just perspective right there, right? Yeah. For your daughter, yeah. or hunting. And so I love that hunting. dog too, man. Yeah, was I know.
0: An awesome dog. But yeah, I can't. You can't take that chance, man. Yeah. That's just it was. And when I seen that look, way he's looking at her through the window, mm. I'm like, you're gone, like yeah. tomorrow. And um, I just there's no. I'm sure she was upset about it, but you know, because she loved that dog. But I'm like, man, I ain't taking that chance. And I go, exactly. there's nothing around in my house, in my yard, mm. my property is going to threaten my child. Mm. And I'm even, I'm not taking that chance. Yeah. That's that. So. You gotta talk to Guy. I don't know if he I'll check him, honey. So you got I don't even I don't want to tell the story because I'll mess it up. Because let, letting him tell it is so much better. Okay.
1: So and he probably overly says everything
0: too. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta let him. So it uh, it was uh it was pretty it was good. Okay. So I almost I almost got bit that day. So
1: oh I'll I'll have a part two with Guy. I brought Guy on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um but um I mentioned earlier the branch Warren classic and then um, I know that you have the, the activation that you have to take part in soon, so I don't want to keep you any longer than you've already have been here. But um, the Branch Warner Classic, how many shows now are
0: you in on that? Fifteen, I think. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, fifteen. So
1: it's it's. I know it's not just the Branch Brunchwater Classic because yeah, when yeah. I went there, I was blown away. And we're talking about about five years ago, maybe six yeah. years ago.
0: Nah, it was more. I'm trying she, to think. Really? It's been more than that, dude. I was still competing. Oh yeah. Well, okay. I you know, retired in sixteen.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I,
0: so.
1: I went to the show, uh, and I was like, "Why is it all these fucking kids here? What?" And they all do it. And then you're like, "Yeah, well, after my show, I do the cheerleading. I got the cheerleading competition. I've got the uh, BJJ we're, stuff, we're midget wrestling. Midget wrestling. <laughs> yeah, the you try to enter me in that fucking too, yeah. thing." Um, <laughs> 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 but you have all these different elements, and it truly is like Texas's version of the Iron Classic.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's not obviously not the biggest Arnold Classic, but uh, that's kind of what I got my inspiration from. Mm-hmm. And I want to provide a platform where everybody could come, a family environment. Everybody could come, compete, bring their kids, mm-hmm. and um, do whatever they, they. I realize not everybody wants to be a two hundred fifty pound pro bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to be as a do CrossFit. You might be in a jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be in a. You might be a cheerleader. Uh, you might be a powerlifter, a strongman, whatever the case is. So over time, you know, we have arm wrestling. We have all these different events. I just added it to the to the event. I uh, grew the expo, and mm-hmm. my first show, I think we had 79 competitors. We had a path to meet that had, like, 19. Last year, we had 2,400 competitors, <laughs> 2,400, and, um, you know, a huge attendance, several thousands uh, yeah. people in attendance, and um, I think we had eight, nine different nine different events. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, uh, it's grown quite a bit, and uh, it's an all-day event down in Houston every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's June 24th this year, mm-hmm. and then, of course, um, I have a show in Denver now. May sixth, and then uh, April fifteenth is uh, <clears> the <throat> the Better Bodies Classic. Mm. So I've teamed up with a, you know, we, the Houston show is the Gas Branch One Classic, and now now we're going to do the Better Bodies Classic in, in Dallas. It's uh, new. April fifteenth. Yep. Oh, Our congrats! Show. So you got three shows. So, right. so give me the dates again. April fifteenth, Better Bodies Classic, yeah. Dallas, Texas. Uh, May sixth, the Branch One Classic, Denver, mm. in Denver, and I'm partnered with Dylan Umbers from Umbers Gym. Great guy. And then uh, of course the Branch One Classic, June twenty fourth down in Houston. So wow. that's our 15th fifteenth uh, 15th year for that one. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, and for the fans that, that uh, may or may not know, or the ones that are a bit long term following me will know, uh, Branch and Trish came out to my very first show, Flex Lewis Classic. <laughs> Can't even finish it. Flex Lewis Classic. And uh, a month before the show, our venue got cancelled. So we scrambled to find a venue basically anywhere. And we That's ended right. up going to Cookville, Tennessee. And, and listen, right. thank you to everybody in in Cookville. I cannot support, but we had um, a school venue. It was a, a, a college, great, you know, facility. And then they, they came to us a month before and said, ah, and it was not even, it wasn't even like, a, we apologize. It was like, oh, we're doing a, un- a teacher's union on that day. Get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to find another day. And I was like, guys, we're a month away. No, you find somewhere else, like, even were not even scheduled. So we are like, oh my God, we cancel. No, cancelling. So we had Branch, Trish, Eva, Rich Gaspari, it was a, it was a, a big crew. Fucking like, and, and, you know, everybody is in the peak of their careers, right? Trish is doing her thing. Eva was doing her thing. Of course, you, you've always been doing your thing. And then uh, Rich came out with Gaspari and then we had a couple of other athletes and uh, everybody was saying like, I remember you texting me like, Flex, where the fuck are we? You're like, where the fuck are we? And, I, and for you to say that, you know, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I had my brother that was standing on the road with a sign that said Flex Lewis Classic. That, and he was holding that. in this yeah. poor fucker. He actually <laughs> coming in a tongue today. He's holding this. I go, I said, go up to the road because there was no sign for the school. It was just nothingness. It was like, fuck it. Remember that whole, that oh, yeah. half of my was send, mm-hmm. selling combine harvesters. And we found this venue, and then branch came and tore the house down so I had and the only reason why I mentioned this and obviously it's it's a you know a, a nice flashback, but we had ninety competitors in our first show, and then a year later, I had a hundred and eighty and you came back and you've done your thing again, mate so yeah. you know you've been obviously very connected with me over my years and earlier in my career as well we've gone around uh, you know the world we've we've had a lot of uh, a lot of fun uh, a lot of toasts. Um, we've won shows together, yep. uh, British Grand Prix together, right? Yes. And then what else we won when we together? Oh, was it a, I think Europa or something was it? Yeah, was it? So yeah, think- Europa. Yeah, I know we've like we've won we've won shows at two twelve and the Open at the same time, which is this is always a great connection to have, right? Yes. You can always celebrate then. Um,
0: where were we when we were in? Uh, I was just talking about that British Grand Prix this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So Gary Phillips. I came to the came to the gas house and yeah. we we're talking. He brought it up and I was like, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know. It was me too. <clears> you know, me, um, Roly, Johnny. And I'm like, yeah, Flex on the two twelve, and yeah. I'm like, da 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 da. And I remember Ronnie Raquel got stupid on stage, and started trying to push off the stage, and all that. That's stuff. right, and yeah. yeah. The think I turned around, Johnny had him by the throat, and I got him by the arm and oh, slammed wow. across the stage. fuck me, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, so that was he was bringing all that up. I was like, yeah, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: Do you have footage of that too?
0: You know, I didn't have footage of it. I've, I've never seen footage of it. I know no, it has to no, somewhere. No. I was there, so I know it yeah, fucking existed. So, but yeah, the dude was getting so stupid, aggressive. <clears throat> yeah, elbowing and pushing and all that. So was yeah. that Wembley
1: or was that Manchester? I can't remember. So the reason why is me and Jose spoke about this this situation happening for me. I needed to go into a fight to somebody at the uh, at the banquet. Somebody that shouldn't have been in there, and I and I and I kicked him out, and
0: he got a little yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a. <laughs> It was pretty interesting. So uh, I guess I'll tell the story, right? So, If you want to, I yeah, mean. So, so we're at the British Grand Prix 2012. <laughs> so we uh, just done the Arnold Classic the week before. Yes. And uh, went to went to London to do the the British Classic and the British Grand Prix. And um, Ronnie Raquel's in the show. Johnny, hmm. he really, I forget. It's who, a great lineup. I great lineup. It, was, it, was, a, it was a great it lineup. It was a solid lineup, man. And, Fucking uh, great lighting, too. Great, great venue. Yeah. It was like, I think he had the Olympics there at one point. That's That's right. right. It was in Wembley. Yeah, yeah, Wembley, yeah. And, uh. Great venue and um hotel just everything was top notch and they took really good, I think Simon Fan, and Neil, Neil were the promoters, took great care of us, man, mm. really ran it like the Arnold almost, just super from an athlete's perspective, really well well run. We get on stage and prejudging and Ronnie Rocco starts getting super aggressive, like elbowing and pushing <laughs> or something and I'm like trying to st- step from me and I'm like, finally I turn around and I go, bro, what the fuck's your problem? Mm. I'm like, you want a fucking bodybuilder or fight? And because now I'm like, I'm getting pissed because it's like, I, I get being aggressive and voting to win. Yeah. But it's like, dude, this ain't a contact sport. So stop, dude, because this is, I'm, I'm not going to stop. You ain't going mm-hmm. to, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. And not that I'm a badass or anything by any means, but yeah. I'm like, dude, just stop, you know? And um, it's just bodybuild here. And uh, so we went on through the prejudging. They like separated us, you know, whatever. And then uh, we come back for the night show and uh, he starts getting stupid, right? We do the pose down. Well, me and Johnny are posing, and Ronnie wasn't even in the freaking running to win. He was like f- running fourth, fourth, or fifth. yeah, something like that. And um, so, me and Johnny are posing. He tries to get in between us, and cause we we don't let him. And then he shoves me, and I, like it was, remember, it's like a three foot drop off or something off the stage. Yeah, my foot went off, I almost went off the stage. And um, I'm like, you motherfucker! <clears> <throat> is what I'm thinking. I turn around. By the time I got up and turn around, Johnny had him by the throat and, uh, or some <laughs> shit. And, uh, and so I grabbed him and dude, we just flung this dude across the stage for Steve, you know, Steve's Steve, head judge, big yeah. You know. head judge, and he's like, you know, screaming on the microphone, saying something, you know, yeah, freaking yeah. Yeah. stop. You, the, you
1: just noise at that point the time, yeah, right?
0: Yeah. And so the dudes come out, and yeah, yeah. pull everybody apart, they put Ronnie over here and me and Johnny. Shit. And now it's like you're at that point where I'm like, you don't even give a fuck about the show. Now you're just fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm like, the fuck this dude. I don't know. So I look at Johnny and Giant Johnny goes, "Yo, man, if this dude comes over here. We ain't get him." And, uh, <laughs> and we're on stage, you know. We're, we're thinking like this, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at Giant like, "Fuck yeah, it's well, fuck this dude." Yeah. And um, and so I'm thinking. Then I, I'm we're sitting there, and I calm down a minute, and I'm just like, "Fuck, I probably just lost the show," you know, because you know, this, this is not sportsmanlike at all. Yeah. This kind of shit should never happen on the stage. Mm-hmm. First time I've ever, all my years, ever even seen something like that. And um, I win the show. I think he gets fourth, Johnny. I think yeah. he got third. And um, we get backstage. And um, of course, he's back there with his girl or something. And um, Steve comes back there. And I'm like, I'm going to get an earful. And Big Steve's was like, Yo, know, man, why you knocked that motherfucker out? <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> oh, God, now I'm what you tell me? Tell. I'm like, now you tell me. I'm like, fuck, I wanted to win the show, man. I am not trying to get disqualified. Shit. And uh, and then he goes over and talks to fucking Ronnie. Yeah. his chick like starts just like. Steve? No, yeah, to Steve or something. Yeah, and Steve looks at her and goes, "I know you want to hit me. Go and take a swing." Shit, Something no and Ronnie steps in and yeah. calms it down. And fuck, so, I don't know. I never, I never spoke about it. So
1: until now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, you know, so many different stories that when I start talking to people, it's like, oh yeah, that's why I love doing this podcast. I'm talking to old friends, you know, that have lived uh, lived a life like me and and lived uh, certainly a a life that has had a lot of success and a lot of travels and I think that lo- most of my great memories are from travels mm-hmm. because when you're in the competition mode you saw like
0: mm. you got this tunnel vision until a prejudging is coming go, uh, right, right? I, I feel like that bag is lifting off your back but would you? I don't think uh, you know I'll tell you something so I was on stage in 2009 Olympia and um, remember I was standing there next to Jay and Jay looks at me and goes dude try to take this in and I uh, enjoy it and um, because I never have and I said I'm gonna try to, and um, mm-hmm. and I you hear that, but and I, I didn't think about it until later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're right, but you can't, you can't, because you you know when you're in the in the in the hunt, mm-hmm. you can't. And um, it wasn't until I was retired and away from it for a couple of years that I looked back and I was like, because when I was competing, I never looked at myself and thought, damn, I look good or anything like that. And it wasn't until I was done I looked mm-hmm. back and I was like, fuck, I looked okay, yeah. yeah. And um, but you're so focused, <laughs> and, and you know, you win a show you know, a big show and you might go out and celebrate that night the next day. I didn't want to talk about it because I look at the pictures. I'd be mad. I'm like, okay, I could have done this better. I could, done, I need to prove this. Mm-hmm. this, this. And all I want to do is go back to the gym, and start training. And, uh, that, that's, you're just so focused. You just don't, uh, yeah. you can't really appreciate it.
1: I literally said the same thing, not but yesterday. You, you get, you get this, you know, focused this one day you get on stage, you do what you've, been planning to do you visualized you have a little fucking celebration and then the next morning you wake up in fact I felt bad till the next morning because I woke up with that for the first time ever I was like Sigh. and then I'd replace the with some other fucking pressure I put on myself so it was the show day celebration like uh you know a trophy goes up the next morning I woke up Sigh. great feeling and then okay what's next I always had to have a what's next and I never could be in the moment. The only time that I, I would say that I was present for my show was the 2018 when I told the world, I told myself, this is going to be my last 212. So I remember walking up the steps backstage, you know, the Orleans. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, them steps are pretty cold until you hit that fucking wood in the, on the Orleans stage. And it's warm as hell. And I just remember all these details. And I was like, I was there. But fucking... Ten years prior to that, I can't remember any of these details. I remember trying to be present whilst you know when you're in your hitting poses, you're just fuck. But then when I get put back into the line, i was standing there and I look around. I was like, "This place is pretty fucking full." I've never realized how fucking full this is. Just them details, right? Yeah. Without making yourself overly nervous, but but outside of that, that was the last time. And that was the last time I stood on stage. It's uh
0: it's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I never, I never took it in. <laughs> i never really enjoyed it mm-hmm. i think until i was i got done then i could look back and i was like and then it's just you had know, it's a different perspective yeah you know, when you're in the, in the hunt you're in the fight um you're so focused i i would get up the next day and you had that pressure off you especially if you won mm-hmm. you're like all right cool but then i was like fuck it that was yesterday yeah and in our sport you're only as good as your last contest true and um so didn't matter what it was yeah. i was like focus on the next one I need to do this, 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 I need to get my meals in. I want to get back home so I can train in my gym. And uh, I, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, you know, also we traveled all the time because that's part of it. But uh, you know, that was uh it's the way it was. And I think if you weren't like that though, mm-hmm. you could never get to the top. Did you miss it? Competing? No. I don't. Um, I missed the challenge. I missed that I miss that tunnel vision focus. See, what attracted me to bodybuilding, well, see, I played American football. I love football. Um, at my height, I was never going to be an American football player. But bodybuilding, and the thing that used to bother me about football is, I remember we played ball, and if one guy wasn't doing his job, was fucking off, you lose the game. Yeah. And I used to get so mad because I wanted to win. So imagine, I'm very competitive, imagine that. You so, were uh, but uh, <laughs> the thing that attracted me about bodybuilding, is you. And, I mean, you make it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's really on you. Even if you have a trainer, coach, whatever, and they make a mistake, it's still on you because yeah. you – it's you and um, that's what I liked about it because I don't have to depend on five other 11 other ten or whatever, you know ten other guys whatever it is it's it's on me I make it I make or break it based on me yeah. and so you know my thing was outwork work everybody if I could outwork everybody I believe I could beat everybody yeah and um, so and it's only it's in football you can outwork everybody but if they're the guys ain't doing it mm-hmm. you just still lose mm-hmm. and so uh, that's what attracted me to it so I missed that that laser focus um, actual competing on that. No. No. Yeah. So I I uh I have no regrets. I mean, uh, you know, do I wish I went to Olympia? Of course. Yeah. But uh I did everything I could do, bro. And it is what it is. So uh, I won every the show in the world. Um I had like when I was eighteen I had this whole I saw I planned my whole career out. I was like I'm gonna do this, 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 this and this. And I had short term, medium term and long term goal. Yeah. The long term goal was win Olympia. Mm-hmm. And um uh, you know and I achieved all those goals except for obviously I didn't win a second Olympia, but uh, everything else I did.
1: So that one goal that just that one thing is the only one thing you haven't achieved? Correct. Wow. How old are you when you you set this out?
0: Eighteen. Incredible. I can tell you when I planned it out. I, I won the Teenage Nationals, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. And uh overall, three, right? Yeah, overall Pete J. Culler, J. Culler. J. Culler was a heavyweight. Yeah. I remember Priest Murray, Roddy, St. Cloud were <laughs> middleweights, light and um our lineup there. Yeah, and I think Jeff Willett also was another uh, another pro. So I think five pros given out of that show. Wow. And uh, I was driving. From my house to Metroflex. And at the time, I was the first person in, in Metroflex to win a national competition. Oh, shit. So even Ronnie hadn't won a Damn. national competition yet. So, And so, in the granted, it's a teenage nationals or whatever. But, Still. But, you know, I was like, fuck, I just won the nationals. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like 18 years old. And I, I, uh, I'm driving. And I just graduated high school. I was getting ready to go to, go to school, go to college or whatever. And uh, I remember on the drive to the gym, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. This is my ticket out of this shit. And I'm going to have a better life for me, for my mother. And everything and I'm like, and I, I sat there on that drive about a 25 minute drive. And I said, All right, man, I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna turn pro, I'm going to pro shows. and, do, do, do. and I, I, I had all these goals flat out, and I uh, stuck to the plan. Incredible, so.
1: man. I know I've taken way much more of your time up than, uh, than I intended, but thank you very much for being so open, honest, and, and just just fucking being. One hell of a good guy, and that's been a a massive inspiration to me and fucking millions of others around the world. You know, you're blue collar, you are authentic as the day is long. You also make some great fucking beef jerky, man. Not gonna lie to you, and I'm gonna tuck into this. On that, I'm
0: I'm gonna send you a box every month now. Oh shit. So it's,
1: well, um, you've done a hell of a job, Yomit, yeah, and 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 pr- just before leaving, and and uh, I do want to ask you this question and the last question of, of the podcast: What's next for Branch Warren?
0: What's next for Branch Warren? I'm just going to keep being me, uh, keep doing what I love doing. Um, you know, uh, so uh, WikiCuts are doing really well. So uh, we're, we're we had a great 22, 23 is going to be even better. Um, you know, I'm going to continue uh, working with Michael and everybody over at Gas and Better Bodies. Uh, I've got a lot of big plans for, for 23 going on with them. Um, keep doing what I do, man. Keep going to the gym. I train, you know, I said this before. I think I said it with Fuad and uh, on his, uh, his podcast we did a couple years back. I said, some people train because they're bodybuilders. I was a bodybuilder because I love to train. Mm. So there's a difference. So uh, all you guys out there who wonder why I still train hard and train the way I do, that's why I love to train. Plain and simple. And, you know, my form ain't the greatest. I'll be the first to tell you that. But it works for me. And I, I beg anybody to tell me that it didn't work for me. So, uh, and it's, uh, they don't care what you bench press or how, you, how your dumbbell form looks when you're on stage. They care how you look. So, uh, you know, and I've never once told anybody they need to do what I do. <laughs> you can look at what I do and take something from that and incorporate it into your your training and make yourself better. That's a win for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, so I'm going to keep doing what I do and keep training, keep uh, pushing forward and um, enjoy the, the biggest honor of my life is and watching my little daughter grow up. And uh, she's a great student. She's a better gymnast. And uh, she's pursuing her, her dreams. And um, so it's um, I know she already has uh, some pretty big dreams. And she's already set the bar and possibly high for herself. And I think uh, I get it because I was that, I was that kid too. Yeah. So I'm going to support her. Watch her uh, climb the ladder and watch her dreams. And um, hopefully everybody has dreams. Very few people pursue their dream, even if you'll get to live it. So and the the men in this room, we both got to live ours. And so uh, I hope my daughter gets to the first two.
1: Oh, well, man. The so. apple won't fall from... Far, fall, far, fall, fall, fall far from the tree. I got the fucking word out eventually. Fall far from the tree. Fall far from the tree. The apple won't fall from the tree. It's in, in your bloodline. It's in her blood, too. Branch and Trish together have created this super child. I've seen her gymnastic skills at, the, oh my God, at a very young age. And I'm like, this is not her. Unbelievable. She is. She's definitely destined to do something great and to have the mentality... As a child as a testimony to both you and Trisha of how you've raised her, mate. So as your boy, great job. As as a dad,
0: great job too, mate. Thank you. Same to you. Yeah. So I know you uh, got a got a beautiful family, great wife, and two young children. And uh so uh I know you get it. You understand what I'm saying. I get it, mate. So. I get it.
1: Mate, as always, it's a pleasure. I keep on looking at this to you know this this jerky that now, you created. Bro. I'm gonna fucking put it in my mouth. After I say Straight out the lab, Branshwan and Flex Lewis, out.